Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Yeah, yeah man. Thank Thanks. you for coming down. Thank you for this refreshing. My AC was going off, so <laughs> this is not this is cooling me down for real. Good, good, good. Uh, Stanley Serrano, happy to welcome you uh, to my kitchen, to the podcast. Uh, you're definitely on the short list of folks in town uh, that I wanted to talk to. Um, Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never been to your place. I was wondering if you had or had not. Anyway, I have not. No. I, I didn't realize that you were close to a lot of places I come and hang out. Sometimes. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's dangerous. It's a dangerous thing to have so many good bars, like within walking distance. Yeah. Very good bars. Yeah. Some of the best in town, babies. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of which, and this is kind of a sidebar. By the way, this whole podcast is a sidebar, but um, I read an article about Charles Has the Blues. Yeah. They're coming back. They're coming back, and they want to come back in September. Yeah. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I mean, it'd be... That's exciting. It'd be sad if we didn't have it anymore. No. You know, but... That was like a... Kind of like a staple place. A staple. Yeah. And and like an OG staple. Yeah. Like a rhythm room. Area. It, even look, it you looked know? OG. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm fascinated. I can't wait to go check it out. Hopeful uh, hopeful that we get to maintain and uh, maintain another music venue. Uh in town i think it's important i think it's important important also for the morale of musicians mm-hmm. right. i mean there was a lot right. of places that that uh i remember volce when i was like Volche, oh yeah you know like just places like that 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 was just like a sanctuary for musicians bro and even walmart became like that yeah like, lately what cock and tails have been doing that right just like right. A, a sanctuary where musicians can express themselves you don't have to worry about making people dance right you know playing music that you don't want to play just to please the crowd exactly and then you know that people are going there to listen to real stuff. Like, well, and I think the, that you touched on it. It's like a place where musicians feel comfortable. Yeah. It's a venue, right? But but it was just, like you say, it was a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And you knew that if you went, you would you would know someone there and you could hang and mm-hmm. the music was going to be good, mm-hmm. regardless of if you knew it or not. Correct. You know, that, I mean, Voce Lounge played a huge role in, in, in my, you know, whatever. That's where I met. Everybody I know now. Wow, that was the stage. I didn't meet you then. Must not. Well, no, we, we must not cross paths. <laughs> the only reason I I ended up there was because I knew Mike because mm-hmm. I used to go see them at the uh, Tapatio. At Lounge. the point. Yeah. Yeah. At the point. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's when like I first moved out here. Yeah. And I, I was two thousand and four. Two thousand four, man. And I started asking like, okay, who plays what? You know, who's who's who? Yeah. Like you got to go to the point. Really? Yeah. And that's when I met. It was uh, at that point. It was. Uh, Mel, Raul, Giannis, yeah, Mike and Connie. Okay, so okay, yeah. I mean, that's a good starting point. That's a good starting point. I started talking to those cats. That's, no kidding. That's around the yeah. Because I had Mel on Saturday at my gig, and I was like, Mel, I've known you for almost seventeen years. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, like I I didn't realize how long. Because I I've always thought, oh yeah, you know, I'm from LA, and I'm just kind of chilling here. I I never thought I'd be here for that long. Yeah. And it's been 17 years, and I'm like, whoa, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. Like, I kept saying, oh, yeah, I've been here for like 10 years. Right. <laughs> but it's been close to 20. Yeah, it <laughs> is. I've been here almost longer than where I grew up. And that's that's kind of bananas to think about it. Right? That is bananas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was in Massachusetts for the, you know, 27 years, and I'm I'm getting close to being here for Wait, that long. What part of Massachusetts? Uh, Western Mass. Okay. Rural. 
not college Boston, town. Not Boston, really. No, I was about an hour and a half west of Boston. Yeah. That's why you don't have the Boston accent. Exactly. <laughs> Although, you know, a couple cocktails, some words, you can hear it, you know. <laughs> people are like, where are you from again? <laughs> are you a Red Sox fan? <laughs> Got to be. Oh, okay. Well, I know everything. Bruins, Celtics, Patriots. Really? Yeah. Celtics too, huh? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I grew up in to. the heyday. Okay. You okay. know, yeah. uh, God. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider myself a big sports fan, but. I, I wasn't a sports fan either, but I did appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I was a Laker. Yeah. Dodgers. Yeah. I love Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck. <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't really do the Raiders thing only because we we weren't allowed to wear a Raiders jacket. I I do remember having like a Raiders hat. No kidding. But you couldn't wear it in school. In school. Yeah, because it was like a gang affiliation. And no kidding. It was banned. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty bad. That's a little messed you up. You could you couldn't even wear Cowboys like people like there was Dallas fans. Yeah. Because of the Crips and so you couldn't wear color blue. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was like that's crazy. It was banned for a lot of schools. Like you couldn't wear those colors. Couldn't I wear, wanted couldn't wear red either. All right, there so was no teams of red. <laughs> so what do you do? You just wear black, bro. Wear black with no logos. <laughs> right, right. Nothing. Right. Although my mom, my mom for some reason bought me, she would buy me random things. And I had uh, for a long time the pra- Patriots hat. Yeah. I, like, I have pictures as a kid with Patriots hat. Had no idea who they were. But there's red and blue. Right. And, right. I mean... Right, you're so you're in like, every gang now. Yeah, so like it was weird. I, I wouldn't wear it to school because he couldn't wear oh, hats right, to school. Right, right. But uh, you know, I would wear it in my off time, and people like, "Oh, you're a Patriots fan?" I was like, "No," <laughs> and just wearing a hat that my mom gave me, like, <laughs> which is weird. And it's weird because my brother got a USC hat, and that was more makes fitting. more sense. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, although I grew up, I grew up in Linwood, so it was like a suburb outside of LA. It's like 14 miles south, so okay. South Central LA. Uh, and like, is it near? It's actually by Compton. So, okay. Yeah. Like, in front of my house, uh, one of one of the freeways. We have a lot of freeways, so one of the freeways was 105. Yep. And the 105 divided Linwood and Compton. Okay. And so, like Compton is like right a block from me. And what years? What what years was this? Which so, years? So I was born in '82, and then up until 2004 when I moved here. And yeah. what was that like? The ghetto. The ghetto well, was crazy. It was LA it? was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like, uh, it was a, it was. Well, like, the LA riots. I, I was there during the LA riots. Yeah. I, and that was was that primarily in Compton? No, that LA riots was, was like mainly LA South, so South Central, like okay. all of South. Whenever they say South Central, it's all south of the suburb of, of LA. So okay, anything South, uh, Watts, Compton. Oh sure. You know, like all those. Mm-hmm. So back then, that freeway that I had in front wasn't done yet. So I had a drive through Watts, through South Central wow. to get to LA because that's why I used to go to school there. And uh, we couldn't for a whole week. I couldn't go to school. Wow. My parents couldn't go to work because wow. of all the, the buildings yeah. that were burnt. And oh my it gosh. was pretty dangerous to leave your house. You had a, it was a little pandemic. Yeah. Kind of, you right. know, you had to stay at Has home. that vibe, right? Yeah. Had yeah. The quarantine vibe. Yeah, to stay out. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Right. You, you had to stay home for a bit and you couldn't leave because it was just too dangerous to leave and People were unsure. It was restless. It yeah. Kind of crazy. Um, I remember watching that on TV. Yeah. Far, but then I later, think I remember watching it on TV. Yeah. But I remember like after having to drive to LA and because and, we used to go to church on the weekend to, to in downtown LA. So I passed by a lot of buildings buildings that I did see burned down. Just, wow. There was nothing. Wow. It was just crazy. And remind me, I know you have a brother. I do. Was yeah. it just the two of you? Just the two of us. Yeah. yeah. And you're the older brother. Yeah, I'm the older one. (laughs) 
Some say some say I'm the cutest one. <clears throat> but he might he might challenge that. Right, 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 right. Well, I'll have him on the podcast. We'll get to the bottom of it, bro. Um Well, I'm always curious, um, one, like what records were spinning in the crib as you grew up. I heard your previous podcast. That's right. You're gonna ask me this. Okay, keep going. I got a couple I got a couple <laughs> like stable stock questions. Stop. I'm just fascinated. I'm fascinated by I was it. wondering if you had notes. I was like, Does he Well, have I notes? got a little pad over uh, here, okay. but I just you know, just in case just in case. I like his old school pad too. Yeah, like, yeah the, the clipboard. clipboard. <laughs> I was expecting you to be a little more modern with no, the iPad. He's like, no, 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 no. no. I'm, o, I'm an OG. I didn't, I didn't even see an old calendar. I was like, Man, I haven't seen, I haven't seen a flip calendar in a while. I need them both, bro. I got the phone. You know, I you use like the, the phone, but yeah. I, I need them both. You know, because I, whatever. If you're out yeah. and you get a booking, and I put it in my phone, but I forget, a, you know, whatever. Yeah. I need to. I need to have the phone and the physical. Yeah. And I'm when I get home, I match them up. I say, all right, all right, okay. You know, just so I don't space on a is that gig. A, is that a brain thing? You think? Probably. Or is this like a, a routine thing? A writer thing, you think? Is it like well, a songwriter thing? No, I think it's just that's how I grew up. I grew up with the paper I did and too. the pen. You know? I, I did too. I did that as soon as I could. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're more of a tech guy than I am. Because I love it. Right. Uh, not Not because I had it. Right, I really didn't have it growing up. Right, but, you know, yeah. Just no, it was a pen and a, and a and a and a pad and a clipboard. I mean, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, this is all very foreign to me, by the way. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, we could talk about this. <laughs> we could sit here and we could talk about that. <laughs> well, um, so hit me with, um, hit me with some of the records that were spinning in the crib, kind of early that that you remember. You have a connection to, let's say. You're not gonna you're not gonna know any of these because what happened was I grew up in a Christian home, so my parents were very strict. So I didn't really. Is this Catholic? No, it's like uh, Protestant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, my parents were super strict. So anything outside of the Christian music uh-huh. was deemed from hell. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was pretty much my. They meant well, but it kind of. You know, in a sense, it's kind of helped me because at the same time, um, I've been free with what I come up with as far as melodic stuff and harmony right. wise. But, you know, I didn't really have and someone I imitated per se. Right. So most of the music uh, I grew up listening to was church music. And so it was really like if you listen to it now, it's pretty bad. I, I was just going to say. Spanish stuff. Okay. And then my parents weren't musicians, so it's not like it wasn't good. Uh-huh. So. I mean, they tell me now they used to listen to the Beatles and listen to oh, all the stuff. Yeah. When all but the kids never, went to bed, they never shared that with yeah, me. Yeah, when the kids went to bed, they'd secretly <laughs> put on Sergeant Pepper <laughs> and just lose their minds. But what I did, what my brother and I did have because of where we grew up was hip hop was very prominent in in our neighborhood, and so you know um, the houses were pretty close together, and so I remember opening the window and you can listen to my neighbor's radio. Yeah. And then the back neighbors, they would listen to, you know, it was like super Mexican, you know, party music. I didn't really like that, but I did like the hip hop stuff. So it was like Tupac and Biggie and all that stuff. And yeah. So I, we didn't mind opening the window. And my brother, once in a while, we, you know, we listened to Power 106, which was the hip hop station at the time. Yeah. And, you know, behind my parents' back. But that was a no no. Like we right. couldn't really, like, we couldn't really dive into it. Right. And, and you couldn't is, dissect it the way. 
No. You know, today, whatever, you'd go get a CD and you'd, and you'd pour over the music and yeah. you'd read the liner notes and you'd read the lyrics. And really influence you melodically. Right. Really, yeah, it, it, wasn't a, it, it wasn't a thing, which is weird because, I mean, the first record I did with my brother, and we both we used to be singers. Yeah. I was six years old. No shit. Yeah. Wait, you cut a record when you were six? I was six years old. Yeah, and it was a Spanish Christian album. And we, I started singing every weekend. No way. That's what I would do. And so you would think I would have... So my influences were church music. I mean, uh -huh. and at the time, it was pretty bad. What was the, my, what was the like pop church, like Christian music like? Uh, think of like polka. <laughs> oh, my God. So stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I got you. It, it was like very... Um, Hymnal, yes. you know. Okay. Um, and although the the album we did as a kid, you know, we were doing praise and worship, which is, you know, singly, uh, mostly sang in church. Um, it was kind of like poppy, you know. You know, kind of. Okay. And, and he plays the drums, your brother? My brother plays drums, yeah. Mm -hmm. he, at that time, we weren't, we weren't playing anything. You were just we, singing. We, we were singers, yeah. Um, my mom says I started singing first before I started even speaking. Yeah. Like I would, I was six months old, and I would hum tunes I would hear from church. No kidding. Yeah, so she's like, music is just like a thing. All right, before we continue on this podcast, let's talk about today's sponsorship, Gensler Amplification. As a bass player, you're always looking for the amp that's not too subby and not too honky, just the right amount of highs and mids and low end where it's punchy enough that you can feel it. But it has enough clarity where you can hear the definition on your notes. Well, here's the good news. I was able to find all that I was looking for in my Gensler amps. I personally ended up getting a couple of 12.3 array cabs with the Magellan 800. I found it to be perfect for all my gigging needs. Whenever I was in a tight space, I just take one of the cabs, take the Magellan, super light. You could carry it. You could literally carry it um, from your car to the stage and you don't break your back. And if I'm in a bigger stage and I need more sound coverage, I take both of my cabs and it's perfect. Um, I'm telling you, the investment is worth it. You won't regret it. KenslerAmplification.com Your parents knew that you were talented and had a had an interest in music. Yeah. So that's all I did. They booked studio time. I mean, you were writing songs as a six year old. So I wasn't writing. No, you no. were just covering. I, songs. Yeah, I was just covering songs. See, I, I think that's another thing that kind of hindered me to pay attention uh, to music. I mean, had I had my parents been a little open, I don't hold it against them. I, I think they meant well. I used to. Uh huh. Sure. And uh, but I think had they. Just open, hey, you know, these are the kind of stuff I used to listen to when I was younger. Check it out. You know, whatever. Because they, Even if it wasn't Spanish, but like right. just outside of the church, you right. know, because church music, Spanish church music at the time was really bad. Uh-huh. It was just really bad And kind bad of uniform produced. or, oh, bad production. It's just bad production. Some of it was bad writing. I, You know, I've, I've gone back to listen to some of it, and there was some good stuff. There was little treasures, but I can hear where it came from. Like, oh, I was like, yes. oh, I can tell that was like a James Taylor, like, yes. like copy. Got you. I could tell that's a, like a, a Beatles. Like Right now with your, you know, 
your experience and, and, and the, the music that you have been exposed to, you can go back to that, Correct. <laughs> to that music and know Correct. that it was Correct. It was it was inspired by secular music. Correct. It was. And it was and, and I can almost hear where they got that melody from and I go, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because my brother will sometimes send me songs and he goes, Oh my God. And I hear it and I know what church song he's talking about. No kidding. And he goes, dude, they copied off of this song. Right. And then he'll show my parents and they'll crack up and it's like, wow, we didn't know. My, my parents didn't know. I mean, yeah. they're, they're not musicians. Neither of them are very musical. No, they can't hold a tune to, to say their life. life. <laughs> they yeah, can't. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, but music was always like a thing for me. Like, I, I do remember at a very early age um, being in church and watching the band. Yeah. And being super intrigued and copying it with my mouth. Like, you know, the drums, I... It just right. Like, I I used to do that. I just yeah. I loved it. I yeah. absorbed it. I was like, I was I was that annoying kid. I'd just be around the band, and just like yeah, ask a thousand questions. Yeah, you know. But you know, I think had had they you know just been eased eased me a little bit, maybe right. not show me some of the crazy Sh- stuff. Sure, but as a kid, just you know, show the good stuff. And right, right. Maybe maybe you know the the songwriting would have been a little more prominent in my life. And and what was the what was the point? Of, of that of them not exposing you to other music was it uh not to not to contaminate i guess my mind you know as a you know they you know people in in, in religious realms can get very uh secluded yeah this this is where we see the extremists of, of mm-hmm. religion you know where they try to seclude themselves and mm-hmm. don't let anything outside come inside you know and just that whole parameter like don't get contaminated by the the devil mm-hmm. you know per se because they were scared that if you were exposed to this music, I was going to turn into a drunk and a, and a and lost a, fool. Yeah, in huh. their minds, in their minds. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's a it's a real fear. Yeah, that 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 exists. It still exists. I still see it for sure. I talk to people who are raising that talented people. They can't leave that because of that fear, right? You know? And it's ingrained in their mind. I feel like that's a crazy. <laughs> that's a that's a. I mean, yeah, like living your life in with as fear as the major motivation correct right correct it's kind of terrifying but you you know um some of the cool stuff about recording this music was every weekend we started traveling like i started traveling all over california and really going to different churches and and singing and just singing you and your brother just singing with their like with tracks yeah we had tracks no tracks we had tracks i had who made the tracks so so our church our church uh, music director he he's still a really good musician really good musician he had a studio he was the only guy that my parents knew that had a studio yeah in his house and he did all the music and wow recorded us into like reel to reels yeah 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 i remember being i i think by then i was in first grade and they used to pull me out of school to go record oh my god and i remember stepping into the studio the first time and i remember i remember saying this is what i want to do mm-hmm. i want to do this i want to yeah. have this yeah i want to have i remember that moment that's incredible yeah and i was like i want to have all this and i remember seeing all the key he, he was a keyboard player so he had all these keyboards and, yeah and then you know this the the recording machines yeah. and i was yeah. just like oh my god the mixer yeah like i want to do this i don't know what it was called i don't right. know what it was but right. I, I wanted that yeah I was intrigued by it. I'm sorry, first grade? First grade. <laughs> I'll show you a cover later. I, I, posted, I posted years years ago on my Instagram. Yeah. An old school cover, me and my brother. Oh, that's awesome. It was funny that my mom took like the, the school photo. That's the photo we used. <laughs> so you cut, you, you, did you make tapes? Yeah, there were tapes. 
And you would sell them at church? I would sell them at church, yeah. And they were like, I wow. how much we used to sell them for? 10 bucks a pop, I mean. That's... And we used to sell them. We didn't... I mean, we... What's funny is that... I mean, I don't remember making a lot of money. What I was mean, your I, cut? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was the fact that every weekend was something new. And, yeah. And, uh, no, just, I know. I just, you know, just yeah. feed me something. Right. right. <laughs> Let me I, was, get that. I was cool with food. Let me get that communion, bro. <laughs> Let communion. me get that communion together. Give me, give me that wine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and some fucking waffle. No, what are those little biscuits? I don't know. Um, that's that. So, yeah, we just, those are like my initial questions. I always love asking. Like, yeah. The music that was played in the crib, when you knew yeah. that's what I want to do. Um, there's like you know my my parents have tapes of me singing two records so like you know they're christian records so like i would name them but you'd be like i don't know who they are yeah so anyways but i used to climb up like my, my parents had like a big old entertainment yes unit oh that we had forever up took, until it took up like up. half the living room right? yeah yeah and, and it was like built in yeah yeah i love that thing though. yeah i know I, I used to i don't know how the heck i climbed it but i used to climb it i used to put a record and i used to listen to it and i used to just sing yeah just as loud as i could yeah and so my my parents, I think they still have tapes, and I'm like two years old. Wow! And I'm singing to this, and you know, just that's stuff awesome. like that. I mean, so those are the stuff that I listen to because that's all I have, right? You know, right. you know, you you deal with what you had. We didn't listen to radio. Wow, radio wasn't a thing. I I didn't know that was you know later when we you know my parents would go shopping and we stay in the car because we were too cool to go shopping with them. We would you know browse yeah. the radio and try yeah. to listen to whatever we want. Me and my brother, but. Um, at that time, that's all we had. So crazy. That's why that 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 answer is weird. <laughs> no, no. I wish I could say something cool like Steely Dan or no, 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 I, I or think, James Taylor. Or, no, I think it's incredible that that I, I just discovered Don McLean. Oh yeah, I, literally. No, like two shit. weeks ago, I had to learn a song for a wedding. American Pie. That was one of them on the list, but the one I loved was uh, Vincent. Okay. I was like, oh wow. I, I, my crazy. wife was like, why are you listening to it? I was like, I've never, that's like the first, I, two weeks ago, wow. first time I've ever heard the song. Wow. And I was like, what a great melody. I was like, <laughs> I love Starry, Starry Night. Oh my, I was like, what is this? Oh, it's beautiful. That's I incredible. wish I could tell you something cool like that. that no. But no, <laughs> that's not true. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool, bro. <laughs> I think it's pretty fucking cool. What What is cool is that eventually, because I started playing really young, and so drums was my first instrument. I, I was like, Six or seven years old, I started dabbling with drums. Yeah, and as I started going, I, eventually I got to the the English Christian scene, and then there was this one guy. His name was Ron Canoli, who had like serious cats on his record, and it was like uh, Chester Thompson at the time. He was touring with Phil Collins on drums. Okay, and then who became my hero on bass, and it's the reason why I fell in love with bass, Abe Laborio. Oh yeah. And, uh, and then Justo Mario on sax and Alex Acuna. And then these guys just kind of blew me away. Like when I heard this, I wanted to be a sideman. Yeah. That was like my goal. No kidding. For real. Like I didn't care about singing because I still didn't find, I hadn't found a singer I, I loved. So singing wasn't like really intriguing. Uh-huh. You know, I was right. doing it. Right. And I would see people do it. But I, I, I guess I just hadn't seen the, per- the right person to do it. Right. Right. But I saw the right musicians. And, you know, these are the L.A. cats. I and, mean, these are... And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Abe Laborio, his son is a incredible drummer. Oh, yeah. Abe Laborio Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and Abe Laborio's played on all the records. I mean, he also has probably as much records as Leland Sklar. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, if you go back, it goes back to even, like, uh, Patrice Russian and, like, uh, 
Was Henry he, Mancini. Yeah. And was like, he part of um, Wrecking Crew? Like that kind of early no, 60s? No, no, no. He's a little later. A little later. I think he came, he came around the 70s to L.A. Um, he started in the early 60s. He was like in Boston School of Music because he comes from Mexico City. Okay. Yeah. So that's like his background. And like he comes, like his family comes from a tribe of like African slaves who ended up in Nicaragua. Wow. And then they had like a whole tribe of Garifonas. And then, like there were free slaves there, uh-huh. and then I think his family migrated to Mexico City, and I think that's where he was born. Wow! And then he went to Berkeley School, yeah, School Berkeley Music. School of Music. And then he went to LA in the seventies, and then he was like Whoa. the LA cat. I mean, he's on Larry Carlton's Last Night record. No you know, kidding, like, that's him. Like, that's hip, man. Yeah, that's like, and 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 so you discover him through this English language Christian album. Yeah, so like they had all the cats. Wow. And I wanted to know more about who they were, and and so right. like, so it kind of gave me the basis of at least who the LA recording scene, yes, right, you know, was doing at the time, and right. So jazz started becoming like an interest to me. Yeah. Then I could listen to jazz by my parents' consent; they were fine with it because it was instrumental, instrumental, yeah, right, no lyrics, right. So then I started listening to the, the jazz station, and they were fine with it. They used to let me listen to that. That's crazy. And by then, I'm like what eleven. <laughs> <laughs> So that was the, that was like my way of like listening oh to God. that stuff. And what a crazy journey! Yeah, that's insane. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, let's take a break. You need another. You need another refresher. I like that. Yeah, See what I'm is, saying? Yeah, that's nice. It cools you right down. It's a little bro, taste of summer, bro. Brian Chartrand, musician slash bartender. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else. <laughs> <laughs> Host of a podcast. <laughs> engineer uh, right oh yeah producer <laughs> producer Engin- oh yeah just the list goes on and on um, i like it yeah let's take a break all right i've been a fan of santam brewing company for a number of years they have this great brew pub right in downtown chandler and anytime i'm like remotely near i will stop by the food is killing Obviously, the beers are great. They have a great little patio. Sometimes they even do live music. Go check them out. If you haven't had any of their beers, they also have spirits, and they have these cocktails in a can. Check them out online, santanbrewing.com. Let's get back to the podcast. I'm dying to get to... Your move from LA to Phoenix, but can you kind of catch us up from where we left off? Um, the the years kind of leading up to that decision to move because you you started to tour, yeah. you know, and and just can you give us that that transition from LA, what was happening there, to the move here? Okay, so uh, you know, obviously, I kept pursuing music and music. I was adamant. I was one of those kids that I knew music was... I was one of those kids that was in class. And I was like, this test is bullcrap. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to take this test. I want to be a musician. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is high school. High school. Yeah. You know, by then. And I'm already playing multiple instruments by then. And, uh, and and working on the weekends kind of thing? Yeah. And singing on the weekends. I stopped doing the, the you know, me and my brother singing stuff. And I taught my brother drums like early, early on. And we started doing like a band thing. Now, now we want to be sidemen for people. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, because that was the thing. Like that was Abe Laborio Jr. That's what they, Abe Laborio, 
senior, not junior, but senior, um, and Hustle all these cats, like, that's what they do. They play for people, and they, they do the best. So I wanted to do the best. Singing wasn't really a priority for me. So um, I got a little taste of that at 14 to get paid to play at a, you know, big show. It was a Christian event, but all the players were professional guys. Like, they had charts and... I was like, this is what I want to do. And were they like uh, session guys or were they like, in the Christian thing? They were session guys. Like, you know, like one of them was on tour with Jackie Velasquez at her, at her time. She, she was like huge, you know, Christian pop uh, singer that, that eventually crossed over um, to the regular, you know, music scene or whatever. And to the people. regular. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like saying secular because that's the, that's the word right. they use. Right. You know, a lot of church people use secular. Right. And I, I, I've always hated that word. So. <laughs> I go, you mean regular music. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've always been very adamant about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, um, you know, so these guys were like playing and I'm in the midst of them. And it, it was because the band director of my church liked the way I played drums. And, you know, I had worked my butt off. I didn't have a drum set at home. Mm. I used to go to church a lot so I could practice drums like over and over and over. And, you know, it was in that time in my teens where... You know, I played with cats that were way over my head, way over my head. You know, cats that would tell me off. Cats that would be pissed that I was on the gig because I wasn't good enough. Mm. And that kind of just, it didn't discourage me. It used to make me want to play better. Right. And Lit a fire. Prove them different. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would just play and play and play and play and play. Like, that was just our dream. Like, um, by the time I was 16, I started traveling with a guy who, wanted a band full-time and pay us you know it wasn't the greatest pay but it was something that was better than having a job like i wasn't gonna work at mcdonald's or you know i i don't want i didn't want to do that that's that wasn't my i don't want to work under a boss like i wanted to be a sideman for someone so i was 16 years old and we started traveling like now we're going to like latin america and playing at places not the greater places sometimes they were great mm. Sometimes it was crap, and we're staying in homes that were crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and crappy ghetto homes in the U.S. is nice compared to crappy ghetto homes in Mexico or, or El Salvador <laughs> or Peru. Or, wow. wow. You know, so it's like, but and, I didn't and, care. And it's still Christian music. Yeah, yeah, Christian music. Yeah, And so I didn't care. I right. did that for like five years. Damn. Uh, uh, after that, I went with a different artist. And that was different. And you're playing drums. I'm playing bass. Okay. By, by this time, yeah. Okay. By, this, by this time, I was playing drums. And I'm bass. bass. Yeah. My and my brother was on drums. Got you. And uh, so now we're doing this. Wow. This we're doing the dream. And, I love it. And um, now after that, we you know we we were playing with a different artist. She was from Tucson, and her music was hitting, and she was now filling up like soccer stadiums. Yeah. Damn. And so now this is a different, you know, now the, now we didn't have to stay in people's homes. Now right. we're in hotels. Yeah. You know, and then if we had to drive to, from city to city, we were not, no longer in taxi, you know, small bunch of right. little cars. Now we're in buses. And so I'm like, okay, okay. And now we're making yeah. better money. Right. And I'm doing less work. I don't have to, you know, everything's there for us. Everything's set up for us. I right. just had to bring my bass plug in and go. That and if, whole thing. Yeah. That, that jump is is huge. It's, it is huge. And it gets it gets comfortable. Yeah. And, the whole backline thing. Yeah. You know, like such a... It's a beautiful it, thing. It's such a big step 
is why I didn't own a, ba- a bass amp for a long time. I didn't own a bass amp up until two years ago. My no first bass amp was a Gensler. That I got. And we're going we're gonna to rap about Gensler. Yeah. yeah. But that's incredible. Right. So, like, you know, I, I never needed one. That's awesome. I just didn't. You know, it was always provided for me. Before, the tour before that was, you know, the five years before that was whatever they had. That's what <laughs> I played. It's like some radio shack. I didn't even have a bass, bro. Oh, God. And I'm playing bass. And there was this guy in my high school, because, you know, when I started that first one, the first five years with that guy, um, this guy in my high school was like, you need a, you need a bass. Like, it was like the secretary's husband. I okay. loved the way I played. He's like, you need a bass. Come to my house this Saturday. And he and let me borrow a 73 P bass. Oh. This is why... Yes. That post for me was That's very right. important. Yeah. And that bass that I just got was yeah. very important because I just came full circle, full circle. back to the P bass. Right. Which I love. Yeah. And I'm like, why did I leave this? Yeah. Why, why did I go searching for other things? But you know, <laughs> you had it. As a you musician, had it all along. <laughs> I had the answer all <laughs> right, along. Right. You know, That's like right. I was searching for everything I knew all along was there. You know? Right. So right. I had a 73 P bass that hurt my back a lot of times because, you know, with that bass, I, I took it to Cuba. We went to Cuba. and no I think, shit. Oh, yeah. And, and it was in 2001 we went to Cuba. So it was like right after 9-11. So it was a crazy time. Oh, my God. We had to go. Like I remember we had to go through Mexico. We can't go through the U.S. because right. it wasn't open. So we went through Cancun. Yeah. And then I remember going through the crappiest plane I've ever been on. It was like the oldest plane. Yes. You know, with the propellers, like 1940s plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I felt like I was in, in a black and white movie. <laughs> Casablanca yeah. or some shit. <laughs> we get to Cuba and we had to tell the guy, like, please don't stamp my passport. Right. Like kind of thing. Cause we, yeah. We get Cause you couldn't come back with it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. I took that base there. Like, I, I remember everybody freaking out. I didn't know what I had. Back then, nobody cared about old ba- bases. Right. That, that's a thing now. It's a thing now for but sure. But it wasn't a thing then. Right. Like, even this guy who let me borrow the base, he didn't care for it. Yeah, I don't think he would have let me borrow it had it been now. No, 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 no. But no. he didn't care. It was like a base that his girlfriend gave to him when they were like 16 years old back in the 70s. Wow. So like, yeah, yeah it's like an old thing. You yeah, can use yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here I am playing a very oh. valuable base yeah. <laughs> at gigs, you know, in different countries. I took it yeah. to so many countries. Yeah. And so I love that base. Anyways, going back to the tour. So by then I'm touring with this girl. She, she's an artist. Her name is Annette Moreno. And so, you know, we were doing the hotels and better pay, blah, blah. So uh, my parents decided to come to Phoenix, you know, because we lost a house in L.A. And they weren't getting jobs. They weren't getting, you know, it was just, it got tough. Yeah. So uh, I decided, okay, I'm move with you. But my intention was I'm going to move back to L.A. And that's, you know, uh, I'm going to go with you for now because that's where my stuff is at. Right, but right. I'm not, I'm going to move out. I'm yeah. going to do stuff in L.A. But. You know, that didn't happen. I just, you know, uh, Phoenix was like, I like the peace and quiet of Phoenix because I had the chaotic stuff already. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we were going to big cities. Mexico City is very chaotic. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like L.A. and, uh, you know, Peru and all these countries are like super Argentina. You know, it's like super, it's a go, go, go kind of. So I was already getting my fix on big cities that I was hardly here in the summers. So Phoenix was like nice. Right. Sure. My first week here in Phoenix, I couldn't sleep because it was so quiet. No kidding. I, I I couldn't adjust. Like it was weird. Huh. Like I was I I thought it was gonna be like a scary movie where someone was gonna kill me <laughs> because it's so quiet. Usually when something was so quiet, something bad happened. Attacked by birds or something. Yeah. 
<laughs> I told Brian Chartrand of my fear of birds. <laughs> now it's on your podcast forever. <laughs> so your so your folks moved out 2007, and you kind of followed four, 2004. 2004. Yeah, 2004. And I kind of followed just by default. Right. I was still, you know. And all, yeah, because all your stuff is now out here. Yeah, all my stuff is here. They moved on, me. And you're on the road. I didn't move. They moved me. They, I was you, on the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was somewhere and somewhere. <laughs> I came back and I was like, here. I was like, okay. So this is where we're at now. Okay. <laughs> but my goal was to go back. Sure. That was just always my, my goal. Well, but, you know, LA, New York, Chicago. I mean, these are all yeah. huge music meccas yeah you know and by the time i was 18 i started experiencing live music i, I started buying records i started mm. buying cd I, now i started going okay now i want to know yeah you know yeah so i my brother and i we we went and we got the number one beatles you know mm-hmm. the one yep i bought that one nice. that was the first time listening to the beatles oh my god i fell in love with it because mm-hmm. i never heard it it was new to me Oh the next n- next number ones we bought was the Michael Jackson. Because mm. everyone had talked about Michael Jackson when I was growing up. I never heard a song. Oh, my God. So I, Michael Jackson was like, like I, those are like the first CDs I remember buying that oh were not God. Christian. Yeah. That's awesome. And I just, I remember going, oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> I wanted to wear all my dad's old shirts. Like, you know, like this kind of, that kind of stuff, you know, like. Yeah. I was discovering new things. Yeah. You know? So by the time I moved here. I had already experienced like the baked potato and, okay. and Lavalie and right and uh, all the all the jazz clubs, Bagatini's back then, yep. you know, like in LA. Mm-hmm. And that, now I had gone seen the heroes of my. I, now I had by the time I moved out here, I had seen Abe Laborio play live. I had seen yeah Steve Lukather. I had seen mm. like all these cats now. Wow, that wow. I started like you know listening to, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, like what is going? Uh, all the stuff I missed, you mm-hmm. know. So when I moved out here, I missed that. Yeah. I really did miss that. So I started asking around, you know, where are the the musicians? Yeah, where like, do you go? Yeah. So everybody told me the point. Yeah. That's when I started it. going to the point. I love 2004. It. That's awesome. Then I see Mel and I see, you know, Raul and I see Mike and I see Connie and I go, okay, there's something here. Yeah, exactly. And that was like my first adventure and taste of Phoenix. Whoa. Scene, you know. What a great introduction. It is. I it, mean... Yeah, it made me not miss it so much. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like like I'm like okay, I can get my fix. Yeah, and I come back because I, I was still driving to LA to get my fix. No kidding. To listen to music. Wow. But now, like, I didn't have to drive that far because right. yeah. it was too far. And I, I, I was staying in people's couches when I go to LA. You know, just like you know, yeah. random people. And yeah, now I can stay here and go and then come back home and right be inspired. Yeah, yeah. Which is what you always look for. Completely. Yeah. This is why we love. Places like, you know, Charles has the blues and yeah. the Walmack. Yeah. What you were doing at the Walmack. And yeah. What you're doing at Cock and Tells and what people are doing at Cock and Tells. Yeah. What's happening over there. It's, you need that fix. Community. The I mean, community, that's yeah. it, man. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to Mario about this. It's like, the, you know, the jam is cool. The music is fine. I love making music with those cats. But reconnecting with community. Correct. And I didn't have that last year. Last year was really hard on me you know, not being able to commune with my people, you know, um, not only make music, but just, you know, like I just, I really missed, or maybe, and I, and I, maybe I took it for granted on some level, but, um, just being a part of a community, you know, bigger than you, it's bigger than you. Yeah. Um, and we're so fortunate that 
not only do we have a community of incredible musicians, but man, it's everyone looks out for each other, you know, Correct. and, and they have your back and, and knowing that and feeling that, um, again, you know, now that things are kind of opening up and, you know, whatever, p- pick a club, uh, whether it's cock and tails or the Womack or Chars or rhythm room or whatever. Um, I love just reconnecting, you know, and that sense of community. I really, really missed. Um, yeah. So, and, and actually one of my questions that I wanted to ask you was, um, kind of how you pivoted because I know that, you know, you were a very busy working musician here in town. Um, how did you pivot during the pandemic? I mean, I know some of the things, you know, I've, I've seen your, 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 um, your podcast and your, and your various blogs and, um, but how did it, how did it affect your kind of creativity or did it affect your creativity? Um, I know, you know, we both weren't able to work. So what did you do to kind of get it over? I think I, I had to go back to what was priority for me, you know, um, obviously family is always priority. Like you work hard for something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the last I'm going on 12 years being married. So the last 12 years have always been my focus. Is I got to work hard for them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you work hard for something without enjoying it. Without enjoying the people you're actually working hard for. So the pandemic has kind of like prioritized the, the, you know, um, I want to, I want to enjoy memories more. I want to make memories more. I, I mean, mm. you and I sitting here, I'm, it's literally etching in my brain. <laughs> I'm having a moment with you. We're, we're sitting down having a memory. Yeah. This is a beautiful time. Yeah. That I don't get to have, I've never had a sit down with you. Like right. we, you know, yeah. we've seen each other at gigs. I've, you know, yeah. I, I saw you perform because I went to go see other musicians play and you were by casualty, the main guy, you know what I'm saying? Not, not right. because, I, cause I didn't know you. Right. Right. But then from there I, I got to know who you were and I was like, Oh, I like his stuff. Like that's cool. And so now there's something I can also connect to and go see and go, right. I can go see Brian because I like his music. Cool. You know, as opposed to, I'm just going to go see the musician. But I don't care about the singer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, right. Hap- it happens. Totally. But, but that wasn't the case with you, but we never had to sit down, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. And so, um, the same thing also can happen with, with family. Like you work so hard for something, but that thing that you're working so hard for, you don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the pandemic kind of brought me a little perspective. Like you got to enjoy it a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my son's 23. He's going to move out soon mm-hmm. to California. I got to enjoy him more. Right. You know, my wife is still young, healthy, great. We're having fun. Yeah. I got to enjoy her more. My pups yeah. are still young. I love my pups. Yeah. I got to enjoy them more. So like that kind yeah. of stuff. And I go, what am I working so hard for? What am I busting my balls, you know, like right. every day for? Like, right. It's for them, but I don't enjoy them. Right. Like, so I, my my whole goal is now is like, I got to make more memories with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and trying to, and then musically too, like, okay, work is great and I'm grateful and I've been, but I want to do more meaningful work. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, I, I, I admire you for having your original stuff and always writing. And I go, I, I stopped doing that because sometimes I would come home from my gigs and I'm burned out. A thousand percent. Yeah. I'm burned out from ever, ever getting creative because I left it all. Right. And I can't go half-assed on a gig. Right. I, I, I give it all. I yeah. sing my all. Right. And sometimes my voice takes a beating. Right. And I'm like, I can't save anything for even a, a recording. Yeah. 
uh, I was just sharing with you earlier before we started tracking again is like I have songs tracked and I haven't done my vocals and part of it also is because my voice sometimes sounds like crap right <laughs> well bro there's so much there to unpack um uh work-life balance as a full-time gigging musician is is a is probably one of the most difficult things that you that you ha- that you can accomplish right it's it's so hard to a turn a gig down correct and b feel creative after a gig right right so you, it's a catch-22 because you need to work because you don't know when it's going to dry up or if it's going to dry up or when the you know my summers are typically quiet so i try to front load the the, the spring and, fr- and front load the fall so I can make it through the summer that is typically quiet, but then I'm not creative and then I don't have time for the people I love. And you know, it's this whole tangled web of being a professional full-time musician. And it's not, it's, you know, I think people have a romantic vision of what it is like, right. Oh, you're doing what you love everything. Right. You know, and you're like, yeah, yes <laughs> I am. But does that mean I have to sacrifice everything else in my life to do it? Correct. And I mean, I, I, what you said, it resonates so much with me because I feel the same way, you know, and if I work five nights a week, the last thing I'm going to do, I'm sorry, is pick up my guitar. <laughs> yeah. I don't even listen to music if I'm working that much. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I mean, I mean listening to music has become more of a chore than Yes, become it's part enjoyment. of the job now. Cor- correct. Know? Which is, it's bananas because I, music was my lifeblood, you know, growing up. I remember actually, I remember saying to myself, I don't know, I was probably an early teenager, I was like, I will not do anything without music being a part of it. Yeah. Just listening to it. Oh yeah. If I'm going to clean my room, music is playing. If I'm going to do homework, music is playing. If I'm going to, you know, it was such a, a staple of my life, right? And now that I'm doing it, let's say full time, like I want silence. <laughs> oh yeah. When I'm in the car, I want silence. Oh yeah. When I'm home, maybe I'll listen to NPR or a podcast. A podcast. Yeah. But I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to. It's no. too much, man. No. You know, so I totally feel what you're saying. Like, you were, you know, we're working towards something, but the more we work, the le- the less we get to enjoy the something. Yeah, and it's like correct. We're just stuck in this thing, man. Correct. And finding that work life balance of all right. I I mean I can't even believe I'm telling you this. You just worked ten gigs this week. Like <laughs> that's I, not that's not on purpose. I, 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 I got away from me. I'm not proud of it. But but you know. I get it, man. You know, if I work four nights a week, I need time off. I, I, you know, like you say, for your voice, for your creative space, just the physicality of playing that much yeah. has an effect on you. Correct. You know, it does. And especially having not worked so much last year, you are quickly reminded of the physicality of playing. Correct. Standing on your feet, singing, you know, like, I don't know. It just. Yeah, the responsibility uh, of having to, like, entertain mm-hmm. it's a responsibility yeah you have yeah. to bring it yeah I, I, especially when you're doing something private but now now it's like i, I paid you for this right <laughs> and you and you charge correctly and they're like now i gotta bring it like you have to be there you Bro, have to be tell me give it all tell me if this is you because this this is me like i'll go to a gig whether it's a private whether it's a wine bar i mean you know you know barring you know, like the MIMS of the world or the yeah. performing arts centers of the world yeah. where I'm so, I'm just so elated. I'm so happy to be there. I'm so stoked. I'm so fired up. But like, you know, like the working man's gig, right? Yeah. yeah. I have to turn a switch. I can do the gig yeah, and I can just play the songs yeah. and I can go home and be fine with it. Or 
I flip the switch and then I'm, I'm, I'm the fun yeah. entertainer guy. And what do you guys want to hear? And, and, and messing with the audience, but, but it's work. Yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like in your brain. Yes. In your mind. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know which Brian you're going to get tonight. And it's kind of <laughs> dependent on you guys. Honestly, it really is. Yeah. I can energy. go, I'll just go sit in the corner and play my shit and go home. Or do you want a, an experience? You know, do you want a night that is interactive and fun and people are laughing? You know, like <laughs> it's kind of up to you guys because I do this all the time. You know what I'm saying? I don't Correct. know. I just, I have to flip a switch. Right. No, I have to flip a switch too. And sometimes like there are nights that I'm like, I hope nobody I know comes. <laughs> That's what we were talking about before. Like. Like, do you promote every show you do, or are there shows where, like, you, listen, folks, you? Need I don't know to come why. I don't know why I promote it. Maybe I don't know why I promote it. <laughs> well, maybe a- I, I, you know, like, because sometimes people. The reason I started posting, you know, because I, I post it on my website. I don't post it on Facebook. And, yeah, as much. Right. right. Uh, maybe I'll do like a story of the day of. Right, right. But I stopped exactly. doing that because that's kind of annoying. Right, right. Unless it's something important, like you know what I just did at right. Desert Botanical, but. Uh, and we need to talk about that. But. Yeah, but the you know website I usually keep it like pretty pretty you know. Hey, you want to know? That's yeah, it. That's right, it. Go right. there. You know, because like, you're not going to just stumble upon it. Right. You know, and, you and, have to go there wanting to see you. Correct. You know? So those correct. are the people that like, I want to promote to. Correct. Yeah. But you know, sometimes there are nights that sometimes I'm not in the mood. Like right. I'm, just, I'm not in the mood to talk. Yeah. Not because I'm not being social. Just I'm tired. Right. Or I'm just worn out. Or just yeah. you know just. It was too hot. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's any number of factors to it this is. whole and then, thing. You know, they show up and I'm like, I'm not going to be a nice. They're, they're here to hear me, you know, do my thing. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to be here. Right. Uh, right. And it takes more yeah. than the singing. Right. The oh sing- my God. It's 50%. Correct. To me. Yeah. I can, I can do it. I can do the singing and playing in my sleep. Yeah. It's the other 50% of being that engaging. It goes engaging. on autopilot. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, let's, let's, um let's take a short break. Cause, and when we come back. Um, I want to wrap about that show at Desert Botanical Gardens yeah. and your new project. Yeah. And we're going to listen to a snippet of Fields of Gold. Fields of Gold. Yeah. And also just yeah. to wrap up what the pandemic also showed me yeah. is that kind of also made me want to go uh, more in depth to do things that I want to do more than the stuff that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what the pandemic showed me. So Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that I love. I want to lean towards more stuff that I love. Mm. Even if it means gig. I love music. But sometimes I don't love all gigs. Right. Yeah. I want to do more gigs I love. Yes. As opposed to gigs I have to do. Well, and I think that's a great tie-in to to this new project that you're starting. Yeah. And um, yeah, I totally I totally feel that. Cool. That's, I wanted to put that in there. <laughs> I'll edit it all out later. But <laughs> cool. cool. Do you think? <laughs> I will be right back. You'll remember me when the west renews upon fields of barley. You'll forget the sun in its jealous sky as we walk in fields of gold. She took a love for two kids a while upon fields of barley. In his arms, she fell as her hair came down among fields of gold. 
Say in Spanish, y la historia continúa. I like that. How would you say it in in, in German? Because you speak German, right? Yeah. Um, well, how did that come about? So geht die Geschichte. Ooh. So goes the story. Wait, say it again. So geht. So geht die Geschichte. Die Geschichte. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, so you know yeah. what's funny? My 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 wife's grandfather, who she's never met, is German. Is that right? Yeah. So there was like wow. a time in World War II, I'm assuming, and a lot of Germans fled mm -hmm. and they went to Mexico. Yeah, or Latin America, South America. Yeah, and they spread the seed. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's my no wife. No kidding. Yeah. She never met him and yeah. and her dad has never met him. So, oh, this is... this is. But he your, went back. He went back to Germany. Your mother's dad's father. So my dad... My, My wife's father's father. I'm sorry, not your mother. Yeah. No, yeah. Your wife's father's father. Yeah. German. Was German. German. Yeah. So she has German blood in her. Crazy. Crazy. And you speak German. Does she make schnitzel? No. She should. She should. But, 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 That's but, true. But with like a cool spin. She should, yeah. Bro, she Mexican is an amazing schnitzel. Oh. Oh my goodness. Did we just stumble upon I some we, sort of culinary... This is like a food truck thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting a... Please don't steal our ideas. <laughs> Patent. Two, Mexican, copyright. <laughs> 2021. BNS. BNS Patent. Um, so I love this new project that you're doing. Thank you. It's called Desert Rose, Rose project. project. Yeah. And it's basically uh, pulling from uh, Sting, yeah. his solo stuff, but also the police. Kind of. Not so much. Ma mainly his solo stuff. Mainly his solo yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to... The reason why I didn't want to go to the police so much is because uh, I like the keys they're in. And, and, and Sting just had a very high voice. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying that his solo stuff is lower than the police? Yeah. In, vocally? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I probably only had to change a couple of keys. Uh, no kidding. A couple of tunes, when the keys down. But other than that, it's it's all right. Wow, but the sol the police stuff is really high, very high. Yeah, and, and it's its its own monster. Yes, and, yes. And I feel like a lot of people are covering that. Really, pretty good. Yeah, huh. I, I I did some research and I I was like, you know, there's some people that are covering the police well enough. But here in town, no, yeah, not here in town. Yeah, okay. But uh, you know, I, I like Sting's solo stuff because that's uh, how I I came to know his music. Mm -hmm. I see. You know what? When the nine eleven happened and that record, all this time came out. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it's been almost twenty one years. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like those moments. Where were you when the nine eleven happened? I know exactly. The pandemic is another one. Like, yes, where were you in the pandemic? Sure. Yes. Anyway, so uh, you know, I was in L.A. and I remember a friend of mine showing me this record. I'd never heard any Sting stuff, mm. and uh, he showed me all this time, which is that that record he did live in his in his uh what. His castle, his castle in Italy, whatever. No big I'm not, deal. I'm not mad. No big deal. <laughs> Fine. You know, and he had a Christian McBride and right. Manu Gache and Chris Bodie and yeah, you know, and all these cats. And so, I'm listening to this, and the first song I hear is Seven Days." Oh. My friend was smart because he he shows me that song first uh -huh. because. You know, because jazz was like a big thing yeah. I listened to. I didn't really play jazz. 
as well. You know, you had Mario Mendeville. Yeah. I do the jazz. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't do it that well, but I love listening to it. Yeah. And he was very smart to show me seven days first. It's it's almost like that tune is is a perfect bridge, right? Yeah. From from so many genres, but but has kind of a jazz sensibility, but it's also a pop tune. It is. You know? Like it's easy to remember. Right. It's complicated and, and subtly. It's, it's yeah, right. I was just gonna say it's deceivingly simple. But you say yeah. Oh my god. It's subtly complicated. I play that song. I play that song on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I, I wish I could have gone on that show. You can ask our mutual friend Miguel Miguel how hard that song was to play. Oh. I mean it was just it, it kicked my ass. And he's singing backups. Yeah, and he's singing backups. And first of all, that band, you can't go wrong with it. Yeah, no, no. I, Adam Armijo, Miguel Melgoza, Lamar, Lamar Gaines, Ted Belladin, Ted Belladin no, no. and you. It, it was a uh, magical yeah. stage, Desert Botanical Gardens. Have you ever had a band that you had in your head and you go, this is what I, I wish my, the band would sound like? Yes. That was it, right? Yes. Like, it was just Completely. like a, a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's the song I hear from Sting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I like Sting. Yeah. So now, now I have to backtrack. Right, right. Because that's what I do. Right. Because I didn't have... Uh, growing up. Yeah, growing up, I, yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't go and listen to records because I'll go to hell. <laughs> now I'm old well, enough. Now I'm old enough. You still might, but... Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but now I'm old enough. It's 2001. I'm 19 years old. I'm like, now I'm old enough. I'm going to go, where do these songs come from? Right. So I start backtracking. What a glorious journey that must have been. That was a, a journey, quite a journey. And so yeah. what was funny is that because I come from a jazz uh, head, rock wasn't really fun for me. Uh-huh. Like it's it, a little too straight and predictable. Yeah, it was simple. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. At, at that time, U2 didn't make sense to me. Okay, right. You know, like, you know stuff like that. You know, what, what was hitting at that time? What what my friends liked? I'm, I'm trying to think. Creed didn't make sense. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, like all that kind of music... Yeah, uh, I I would have to say, to Rock's defense, the only one I really liked was Rage Against the Machine. Oh man, and and we used to do L.A. based band. Yeah, and it was because of the backbeat, mm-hmm. the backbeat funk. Because mm-hmm. I'm a bass player, so anything right. funky just attracts me. I like things with mel- melody, but there's no melodic stuff. But it, it was rapping, and right. you know, hip hop was a big thing. In, yes, in my life because. Because of my neighbors. Thank you, neighbors. Yeah. Robert, that's the name of my neighbor. Anyway, Shout he out had, to Robert. He had a scary uh, pit bull. Yeah. When our ball would go over, and we'd, you know, we'd be like the sandlot. We'd be like, oh, you know. That uh, ball's gone. <laughs> <laughs> for real. For real. Literally. We had a lot of dogs, but nothing was scary as that dog. <laughs> that dog was scary. I'll tell you what, you never, you, you don't know fear until you see a ghetto scary pit bull. Oh, yeah. I bet. <laughs> From I the bet. ghetto. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, Rage Against the Machine had backbeat rock mm-hmm. and hip-hop. And, and infusing it. Now, now I'm just thinking about it, like, r- really syncopated stuff, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever, you know, it's like... Yeah, it's interesting. I never thought of them like that, but but thinking about them now, there is an element of... I wouldn't say jazz or funk necessarily, but a, a sense of a different sense of rhythm than your normal rock, rock band. Yeah, it's not. Do, do, da, do, 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 yeah. You know, it's like that turns me off. Right, 
Right. It still does for some reason. Yeah. Like, you know, it has to be well, it's, smart. Yeah, it's it's I got to realize that rock from the seventies was totally different from rocks from the nineties. Yes. You 80s. Know, yeah. Yeah. It's just I, I couldn't I couldn't really relate to it. Right. But it's funny because uh Tim Comerford, the bass player from Rage Against the Machine, a lot of his uh the way he's he played, he learned from Jocko. No Go shit. figure. Really? Yeah. He he saw that video of Jocko because Jocko only has one instructional video. It's an interview that he did with another bass player, and I I, I can't remember his name right now. I'm sure Mario knows. Oh yeah, he's, he owns so it. Mario, he's watching sh- it. Shout right out now. to Mario Mandeville. Yeah, he's watching it. He still watches it. The VHS. <laughs> yeah, he's got a. I have the VHS. Is that right? I do. I don't have a VHS player that works. <laughs> Unfortunately, I love VHSs. I still I have know. my VHS. I, Is that right? I hold on dearly to them. Yeah. They're like a treasure, like my CDs. I yeah. still hold on to CDs. Me too. Still okay. got my CD. Still got some tapes. I love it. I was watching it. <laughs> then I love it. The Gacho. Was, yeah. Was good. Yeah. Walking Man. From, yeah. Dude, you have good stuff up here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, so uh, yeah, he, he learned, like, because wow. he does a lot of, like, um, if you ever heard, uh, Remember Godzilla, the first the first yep. album, the yep. first video movie, yeah, Not video movie, um, and the soundtrack Rage Against the Machine did a, That's right. a song. That's right, called uh, "No Shelter." There'll be no shelter. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of sixteen notes that he's doing, right? And he credits that to uh, Tim Jocko. Co- to Jocko. Wow, yeah, Tim, and so it's kind of crazy. Like, that is crazy. full circle. Like yeah, yeah. A lot of people look up to jazz guys and. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they they were recreating the instrument, right? I mean, yeah. in, in a way. Yeah, and especially at that it, time, Jocko yeah. and Stanley Clark right. were the two people that were like really make putting bass in the front, right, right, uh, instead of a saxophone or well, guitar player. And we come back to Sting, front man, bass player. Yeah, right. That was another thing I loved. Yeah, and I was doing that already. You know, um, you know, I was leading worship. Mm-hmm. You know, with my youth group at church or whatever, I was playing bass. Okay. By default, right. bass was a thing. But I, I just didn't know any other bass players that would do it. Right. Because I didn't listen to Right. Until I saw the Beatles. Right. You know, I saw the, the records. And I was like, oh, Paul McCartney plays bass and he sings. I was like, oh, my goodness. Right. Now here's Sting and playing a song in five and singing. I'm like, my mind is just blown. Yeah. So I fell in love with his music and I've loved it ever since. Yeah. Like, I, I just... His his solo stuff is the stuff I love for mm-hmm. a long time. Yep. Then eventually I, I I retracted and I started appreciating the police. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and pop music was different. Once when I, I was touring with different cats and and seeing like what pop music does to people, I I, I started rethinking about pop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pop there's isn't a, always a, always bad. There's a place for it. Yeah, but you know, there's jazz heads that hate pop. Sure. And there's pop heads that hate jazz. Right. Right. And I'm I'm in the middle because yeah. I love music. Right. It, I, I love good music. Right. Right. There is bad pop. And there is j- bad jazz. Exactly. Sorry, jazz guys. Right. There is. There is. Eventually I'm like, this is too much. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. You're yeah. just you're telling me a lot without telling me anything. Right. Exactly. You know? Right. There's power to there's power to a simple melody. There is. And there's power to that that um that uh unbridled uh um improvisational thing sure there's a time and place for it's like the way i look at it is like beer there's a thousand different styles of beer oh my gosh yes and there's a time and a place 
I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed sometimes. Oh, yeah. And now, when now, you see the rack of uh, yes. traps, yeah, 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 like, just give, just yeah. give me that one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> if it is it cold, is it wet? I'll take that. Yeah. Um, so um, we've talked a little bit about this Desert Rose project, and yeah. I I saw the video from it. I love it. From I my vlog. From your vlog, check out. What's the? They just what? Google? Stanley Serrano on YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah, and they can see catch up on all this. I stuff. started doing the vlog as a. I've been wanting to do a vlog. Yeah. You know, just for a while. Because I, I started seeing that that was a thing. Yeah. What I didn't know is that my first vlog was going to be on the the exact same day, my last gig before the shutdown. Uh-huh. Right. No <laughs> kidding. And then it just became a thing. Right. Like, I was like, all right, well. Well, kind of like a silver lining then. Because right. it allowed you the time and space to create this new medium. Yeah. You know, and explore that. And and uh, anyway, I've I've watched them. And uh, I you. dig it. Thank you, yeah, man. I appreciate course, that, man. Yeah. And I, I'm a huge fan of yours uh, as a person, but also as a musician. My man. Damn, dabs. That was a dab. <laughs> you can't hear in the mic. 58 doesn't really that's pick right, up. That's right. <laughs> the frequency gets buried. Uh, no, man, I, I'm a big fan, and, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come rap, and I encourage everyone um, to check out Stanley. Um, he's based here in Phoenix and he's playing around town with a bunch of incredible musicians. Uh, you, you know, I try to surround myself with good musicians. Me too, man. Just makes us look better. Yeah. You know what I'm and saying? And they challenge me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I know. I, I know. These guys challenge me all the time, bro. Man. <laughs> well, I mean, I play with a bunch of the same cats and I, and yeah. I gotta say again, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, but also we're just, we're pretty, we're pretty fortunate to have such a great, musical community of not only incredible musicians but just really awesome people Correct. and i i think about it very often especially you know coming out of the past year um we are very fortunate yes we are and yeah. and i i can't imagine being anywhere else and feeling this sense of like phoenix pride man we Correct. Have, we got we got a lot going on you know and it's we, awesome we have an opportunity to to make a, a music scene here mhm mm mhm mm Everyone always talks about Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone always talks about LA, mm -hmm. Nashville, and New York. Right. But the only reason why there's a music scene there is because there was a bunch of cats that just made a scene because they were doing stuff. Right, right. We have enough talented people here. For sure. To make a scene that, that we can make a Phoenix music scene. Yeah. For sure. I think we're getting there, man. I think so, too. And we need more shows like the Desert Rose uh, Project. Yeah. And we need more more stuff like your songwriting. And, you know, that's something that I'm trying to, like, grow into. Mm -hmm. You know, like I told you before, I, I feel like because I was so focused on being a musician, I didn't really think about the songwriting part. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I didn't see myself as a singer. Only mm -hmm. because I didn't really see the... The person that that made me want to sing again, right? And, right. And I'm 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 gonna tell you right here. The person that made me do that was was a Latin singer called Luis Miguel. I was like, it was in 2000. I was in Miami, and I, I was walking down the mall, and I see this live taping of this artist called Luis Miguel, and he's singing amazing. And I'm like, what? He made me fall fall in love with singing yeah again something right. i had forgotten yeah something that for me it was only a thing i did when i was a kid right but it wasn't fun wow but i saw him singing and i was like wow you could sing like this. like right that made me fall in love with singing again and and it wasn't until like years later when i had to play in town 
right here you know right now, now we're back in like 2013 yeah i'm not touring no more right now i'm married and i gotta make a living right and i gotta start singing i gotta work on my voice right you know the making sure my voice can hang for three hours or right. four hours and right make sure my 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 voice is in pitch and yeah and and maybe appreciate the the craft of singing mm-hmm. and i'm like why wasn't I writing songs before? <laughs> you know, th- those are stuff right. like, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about because I, I never focused on it because I loved the music's. Right. I loved the musicianship of it so much. Right. I didn't really focus on the songwriting part of it. So, you know, I admire cats like you and songwriters, you know, all these cats that you have on the wall. Yeah. That yeah. are, so, you know, is that uh, Carol King? Carol King, James, James Taylor, Taylor, Joni. Come on, Neil Young. I mean, I mean these are songwriters. Yeah, these are these you know, are my gods. Neil Young, I I I do one of his songs. I do Harvest Moon. Me which, too. Which, which Such I love. a great song. What a beautiful song. Ah, uh. but Neil Young is another guy I discovered last year. <laughs> so that's incredible. Because, because I played bass for Connie Cole's uh, Neil Young tribute. Oh, that's show right. That we did at the MIM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did background vocals. So I had to learn that's a whole awesome. show full of Neil Young music. That's songs awesome. I'd never heard in my life. Crazy. And I, I remember sitting there going, oh my God, I love his music. Yeah. I never heard any of his stuff. That's crazy. You know, and so like these are people who are, they approach music from, from a right, you know, the, yes. the important part that what connects to people are the lyrics. Right, right, right. And the, that's stuff that I'm falling in love with now. Cool. More than ever. That's you know, awesome. like, and I'm just, because I'm discovering that, you know, I, I love the playing and I love the music. You know, even Sting, you know, singing his lyrics, which is like, sometimes I'm sitting there going, you really had to like write like five pages worth of lyrics? Right. Because it's a lot of lyrics. It is a lot of lyrics, bro. And I'm sitting there going, who comes up with this stuff? Yeah. And I'm blown away. I'm just blown away. That's awesome. But that's like a whole nother like part of music that i still have yet to discover by myself you yeah know, yeah that i'm trying to tap into so i admire cats like you and, and ah. miguel you know like friends of ours that yeah thanks they do it you yeah. know and, and and they see it like that and they you guys you guys have it you guys know you, you've seen it all along uh-huh and i've well, never seen it because yeah. you know i was too busy thinking about that chord <laughs> <laughs> why do you go to the seven on thinking that? about that yeah. note <laughs> right right yeah Think about the rhythm or the time signature. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you uh, again for, for coming and hanging. It's thank been you, a pleasure. I hope I hope uh, I get to see more of you uh, around town. I mean, I know it's like a, you know, as soon as everyone starts to get busy again, we, we don't get a chance to hang. But I hope that um, I hope, I hope that's that we, not true. I hope that we find uh, some more time. Uh, yeah, me too. You know, I had a good time. Cheers, brother. Hey. Uh, much success to your podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, off to a good start. I'm I hope fun. it grows. Yeah. I hope it grows and and keeps going. You're a great, you're a great host, man. <laughs> oh, I appreciate thanks. it for real. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I'm refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing that a couple cocktails can't fix. I appreciate that you. That is really. so true. <laughs> that is so true. So story goes.